Chapter 28 A guard shoved Gabriel through the doorway of Silas's office. Gabriel stumbled forward, surprised by the rough treatment and numbed by lack of sleep. He'd been under house arrest for nearly twenty-four hours and had not slept for two days. Gabriel struggled to regain his balance while his brother watched from across the room, silent as stone. Silas stood at the window with his massive shoulders in silhouette and his features cast in shadow. Gabriel couldn't read his expression, but he detected a tense emotional current on the air. Sit, Silas commanded. Silas, listen to me for God's sake. Gabriel held his arms out at his sides. I did not kill Caroline. Sit. The old Gabriel would have taken the path of least resistance and acquiesced to the demands of his brother. In the past, his goal had been to preserve family harmony above all else, so he could pursue his scientific interests without interference. The new Gabriel could no longer follow Silas in blind obedience, not after his brother's vindictive behavior during the riot. Joanna's words hung in Gabriel's thoughts. Some brother, she had muttered after hearing of Silas's propensity for stealing Gabriel's women. She had been right. Silas wasn't much of a brother, and he wasn't a fair-minded leader either. Gabriel hadn't seen Silas clearly before, but now he saw their relationship as it really was, one-sided and self-serving, all about Silas. Sit down, Gabriel. I prefer to stand. Your little rebellions don't amuse me. My goal isn't to amuse you. What is it, then? To usurp me? Gabriel shot a glance of surprise at his taller, more handsome brother. Usurp you? Take over. You and Brandt. What? Gabriel grimaced the prospect. I have no desire whatsoever to lead the overseers. What about Brandt? He's devoted to you. Totally. I beg to differ. He's always been an outsider. His own man, you mean. Living apart from the central compound. Always living alone. He prefers to lead as normal a life as possible. A secret life, you mean. You have him all wrong, Silas. I've told you that before. Do I have him wrong? I don't think so. Silas strode across the room to the fireplace. Something is going on. He held up a finger. The unsanctioned turnings? Another finger. The train wreck? The riot? And now, Caroline. He wiggled his four fingers at Gabriel. Four instances of insurrection, each one worse than the last. Surely you don't think Roman had anything to do with them? I have no proof of his guilt or his innocence. It's a feeling. Sometimes I have to rely on my gut. Silas crossed his arms. It has to be someone on the inside. Who else but Roman? I have never trusted the man. It could be a, a lot of people. Gabriel tried to think of another possible suspect, but came up with nothing. Someone is taking pot shots at me. 
You consider Caroline a potshot? Gabriel was aghast that Silas could reduce Caroline's death to an act of disloyalty. Life wasn't always about Silas. But he could see now that his brother viewed everything through an egocentric lens. I need to make an example of someone. And I need a show of solidarity. Why? To stop all the shit that's going on behind my back. It's the only way. Instill fear. Silas, you are making too much of this. No, I'm not. If I have learned one thing in the past 400 years, it's never let up on these people. Never let them get away with anything. Someone has to pay for Caroline. Her death will be avenged. Roman didn't kill her. He wasn't even here that night, Silas scowled. And why would he kill her in my apartment? It doesn't make sense. For that matter, what was she doing in your apartment? Gabriel fought back a flush of shame. Then again, he should not be ashamed of making love to Caroline that one last time. She had been his lover before she'd left him for Silas. He wasn't in the wrong when it came to Caroline. Silas was at fault. Caroline must still had a key. But what could she have wanted with you? Silas stared down at Gabriel, genuinely puzzled. That was it. That was the moment the blinders fell all the way off. Silas had no respect or regard for anyone but himself, not even his own brother. She came to me the other day. She was unhappy. Maybe she came back to talk again, but I wasn't there. Unhappy? How? Actually, she was unhappy with you. Impossible! <sighs> she said she was lonely, that you didn't have time for her. Preposterous! Silas sat down and placed his large hands on the arms of his throne-like chair. She had a skewed idea of her importance in the scheme of things. That's what was wrong with her. Gabriel said nothing. He knew from experience that when Silas sat down in his chair, he would issue an edict. It was as if the chair lent him authority to do anything in Londo. Gabriel watched his brother as his love for the man trickled away. Silas clutched the lion-paw arms of the chair. Enough of Caroline. It's time to move forward. Gabriel said nothing. Gone were the days he would agree to anything Silas decided to do. I've decided to banish Roman. What? Gabriel took a step toward the desk. Silas held up a hand to stop his progress. And I would banish you, too? But I need you to find out what's going on with my skin. Banish me? I have done nothing. And Roman has done silence. He swept an arm across the top of his desk, sending papers and inkwells flying. Then he looked up at Gabriel with blazing eyes. Spittle pooled at the side of his mouth. Gabriel froze, flabbergasted by his brother's behavior. He'd never seen Silas flare into a full-fledged rage like this. His physician eyes assessed the man before him, taking note of Silas's dilated pupils, his high color, his dry, lackluster hair, the bulging blood vessels in his neck, 
the heavy respiration. The way his signet ring bit into the edema in his fingers and the worrisome discolored bands on his nails. Silas was not well. And you, Gabriel, you will show your solidarity to the regime. The regime? Yes, my regime. It's time we call it what it is. And you will show your fealty to me. How? Gabriel dreaded the answer. It has to be a public display, so everyone knows I have full control and your support. Because I am the heart of the overseers. The thought soared through Gabriel's mind like a comet. He'd always believed he was the brains of the overseers. The scientist, the healer. But Silas wanted his support so the people would know everything was all right. Because... If Gabriel Stone said it was all right, then it must be so. Your fealty? Do I have it? Gabriel couldn't speak. Until this moment, he hadn't realized who he really was. Gabriel? Gabriel's place in the world had shifted. It would take considerable thought to decide how to maintain his current position and his relationship with his brother and still remained true to himself. Silas pounded his desk and roared, You dare ignore me? No. Gabriel's voice tangled in his throat. You're going to execute Aiden Bannister tomorrow. Silas sat back, breathing heavily. You're going to be the one to pull the lever, and everyone's going to see it's you. I can't do that. It goes against the Hippocratic Oath I took. I don't give a flying fig about your Hippocratic Oath. Silas took a ragged breath. I want everyone in Londo to know that the Brothers Stone are unbeatable, of one mind and still in control. Anything but killing Silas. You will do what I ask. Silas jumped to his feet, planted his palms on his desk, and leaned forward. His face flushed purple with rage. You will hang that rebel, Gabriel, or I'll track down the drab little field Anne you've been dallying with, and I will drink her dry. Gabriel hurried from the central compound, anxious to get as far from his brother as possible. He headed for his clinic. He had to get some rest, but God knew how he would ever stop his mind from whirling. With every step he took, he thought about Joanna and the danger he had put her in. Joanna. In the past 24 hours, she had never been far from his thoughts. Somehow, after this was all over, he would find a way to convince Joanna that he had meant well. He had done the only thing he could think of to save her life. But saving her life wasn't enough for him. He wanted her to be a part of his life, to talk to her, to hold her, and to make love to her. Everything a man and a woman shared in a normal life. That's what he wanted. Something as close to a normal life that they could find. There had to be a way to get a second chance to make things right and to keep her safe from Silas.
On the way back to his coach, Neil noticed a woman in wine-colored velvet leaning against the wheel of his vehicle, smoking. He was in no mood to chat. He just dined, and the blood he devoured had intoxicated him. Londo's citizens tasted different these days. Their blood was richer and more potent, maybe because food was more plentiful. He definitely felt the potency tonight. All he wanted was to slump into the carriage seat and take a nap. But the woman pulled away from her slouch as he approached, obviously wanting to talk to him. She looked familiar, but he couldn't remember where he'd seen her. She certainly wasn't one of the overseers, and she didn't live in the central compound. Neil was amazed such a creature could exist outside the bounds of society and still be alive. Why hadn't one of the overseers killed this renegade vampire? She must have a protector. Yes, Neil asked while he waited for his coachman to flip down the steps and open the door. That's Ruby Valentine. She held out her hand. Neil ignored the gesture. What do you want? I want to know what's going on with Roman Brandt. Ah, that's where he'd seen her. At the riot with Brandt. She'd been fighting like a hellcat that night. He must be her protector. God knows why. Neil raked her with a critical gaze. She looked like a whore. Too much makeup, outrageous hair, and unhealthy-looking skin. She was white trash bedecked in stolen jewels and velvet that hung on her like falsehoods. The woman didn't belong in finery. Her lack of pedigree stank like the cheap cigarette perched between her fingers. He knew the smell well, having risen from similar depths himself. But that was long ago, and he didn't appreciate the reminder of a shabby past. Seeing his old self reflected in this woman only made him dislike her more. You want to know about Brandt? Neil put a foot on the lowest step of the coach. Why was he arrested? Why don't you go to Central Compound and find out? Neil curled his lip and looked over his shoulder at her. Not a member, are you, and never will be. She blew smoke through her nostrils and glared at him. She must think her expression threatened him. Stupid bitch. He'd seen more threatening creatures on Saturday cartoons. Now, there was something he missed. Bugs Bunny. Wily Coyote. Tweety Bird. You were the one who arrested Roman, she hissed. You must know what for. Sorry, I was just the messenger. He reached for the handle to swing into the coach, but she grabbed his arm and yanked him back down to the street. Liar, she shouted. The slut was alarmingly strong. Neil shook her off and pointed a finger at her. Don't you ever, ever touch me, hag. Tell me what is happening with Roman. Or what? I'll haunt you until you do. Oh, the horror, Neil drawled. Just tell me. Everyone will know soon enough anyway. He glanced at the whore. 
under the cruel smirks and glittering eyes, he could read her pain. She was really torn up about Brand. Why she felt anything for the pompous ass was a mystery, but she was really torn up. So why not twist the knife just a little bit more? If you must know, he's going to be banished to the North Sea camp. Probably forever. Neil brushed the sleeve she had grabbed, as if to remove all memory of her. There. Satisfied? Much to Neil's amazement, the whore's white face went even whiter. He watched her struggle with the bad news. Her distress energized him with a delightful shimmer that coursed down his abdomen to his crotch. Ruby Valentine's dismay was almost as arousing as Caroline's shock had been when she'd realized he was going to kill her, not seduce her. <sighs> Women. He could live without them, that's for sure. But they were so entertaining in their attachments and delusions. <sighs> Why would he want to? He reached for the coach handle again. Why? The whore gasped. Why, Roman? Insurrection. Neil clucked. Not a good idea these days. Not good at all. He didn't participate in the riot. He tried to stop it. Did he? Neil swung into the coach. That's not how it looked to us. Won't he have a trial or anything? Sorry. Don't think so. Neil nodded at the coachman, who closed the door and flipped up the steps. Without looking at the woman again, he tapped the ceiling of the coach, indicating he was ready to leave. Things were turning out just the way he planned. There was only one small detail to attend to. Now that he'd discovered Aidan Bannister had been taken to Gabriel Stone's lab, he would visit the prisoner. He would silence the man before he got a chance to blurt out any last damaging words. One more task. His future career would be on the fast track.